One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White and thanks for listening to Outspoken. Today I was joined by Alex Crook as we reacted to the news that Jordan Henderson has now completed his transfer to Saudi Arabia. I also interviewed West Ham's Jared Bowen ahead of the new Premier League season and football agent Michael Moses Jarman joined us in studio to explain what it's really like getting deals done during this summer transfer window. Jordan Henderson, no longer a Liverpool player. He's off to Saudi Arabia to join up with his mate Steven Gerrard and he said he's goodbyes last night. The most special place in the world to play football. How could anyone think it isn't? I'm sad I won't have the chance to play at a bigger Anfield, but I know what impact it will have on the opponents. I guess the thing I want to see most of all to you is just simply thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have been a part of your club. Thank you for your support in good times and bad. Thank you for all the sacrifices and commitments you made and will continue to make to follow us all over the world. Just know that I will always be a red until the day I die. Thank you for everything. You'll never walk alone. Jordan. And that was that. That's just a snippet of it, Alex. It went on for about four and a half minutes. Somebody in the cello in the background doing his stuff. I don't know... um, how that will go down with many people many Liverpool fans of course will be sorry to see him go many are delighted uh, about his contribution uh, over the time the 12 years that he was there because let's face it he won everything but is he wrong not to address the elephant in the room after being a vocal ally of the LGBTQ community I think he is and we spent a lot of time debating this when you were away last week myself and, and Sam Sam at one point was of the belief that maybe we were judging Jordan Henderson too early, let's wait and see if he actually takes this money from Saudi Arabia let's see how he explains himself well he's missed a big opportunity to explain himself, I I was shocked watching that video that there was no mention of the LGBT plus community of which he's been such a big supporter and a big advocate of recent years, I read you this quote this is from two years ago, Jordan Henderson writing in the Liverpool Match Day programme I do believe when you see something that is clearly wrong and makes another human being feel excluded, you should stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Well, how is he standing shoulder to shoulder with the people that he claims to be an ally of by taking the money from Saudi Arabia and uprooting his life and his career to a country where homosexuality is outlawed? 
And and don't take my word for it. The, the statement from Cop Outs, they're a LGBT plus group of Liverpool fans. They start their statement, very strongly worded statement. So, Henderson, what was it about the multi-million pound contract that first drew you away from your commitment to human rights? Given choices he made recently, Cop Outs doubt and question if Jordan Henderson was ever an actual ally. We're deeply disappointed he's choosing to work as part of a sports washing operation attempting to distract from a regime where women and LGBT plus people are oppressed and that regularly tops the world death sentence table. Strong words and a strong strength of feeling. You look at the messages that are coming in, I would say at the moment that's the view of a minority of Liverpool fans. The majority are thanking Jordan Henderson for what he's done for the football club. The fact he's been one of their most successful ever captains, certainly the most successful captain of the Premier League era. But there will be a lot of people who, to use Jordan's own words, do feel like they're walking alone this morning. That they're Actually, they're, they're thinking that all of the stuff that Henderson has said in the past, the allyship that he's claimed, was false. And actually, it was just platitudes and, and lip service. I think they'll be really disappointed with that statement. Your points are well made, Alex. The thing is this. When can you say no? He's a very wealthy man in his own right anyway, at this stage in his life. He's done well at the game. And uh, he's done well with his own comp- contribution in the game. But can he possibly say no to 1.4 million quid a month? Because that's, well, what a statement that's that what's that an been. offer. What a statement that would have been. I tell you what, that would have been worth more than any rainbow armband scoring his first England goal in rainbow laces. If he'd come out and said, look, thank you for the offer, but because of the views that I hold dear to my heart, I can't possibly take this money from Saudi Arabia. My commitment remains. What a statement that would have been would from he, Jordan Would Henderson. he have gone up in your estimation? Absolutely. If he had done that? Absolutely. And listen, I get the argument. People are coming here and say, well, if you were offered life-changing money to Saudi Arabia, what would you do? Well, it's not me who's been asked that question. And it's not me who's been as forthright as Jordan Henderson has been in the past. There are people also who think Jordan Henderson is being unfairly criticised, uh, unfairly scrutinised, given that he's not the first big name to go to Saudi Arabia. But it's because of the stuff that he's said in the past. It's because of the stuff that he's done in the past that leaves a pretty bitter taste in the mouth of a lot of people this morning. And, and you, the second quote you gave us there was from the LGBTQ plus uh, section of the Liverpool support itself. Yes, yeah, from cop-outs. And what was the first line in it? That stood out to me. Well, it was it was a so play, like, it was a so play on the old Paul yeah. Daniels quote, wasn't it, with Debbie McGee? Do you remember that when uh, I think it was Mrs. Merton was it cheekily asked the question, "What do you see in the millionaire Paul Daniels?" So they, they've <laughs> they've taken that on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, now all sorts of reaction to this this morning. Do you think we're being too hard uh, on Jordan Henderson here? Is Alex being too hard on him? We'll take your calls on this because, as Alex is right to point out and is accurately quoting from the past, Henderson has been a vocal supporter, an ally even, of the LGBT community. But now he's saying yes to the money. Now he's saying 350 grand a week sounds good to him. 1.4 million a month, tax-free, net, sounds good to him. So whatever he said in the past is in the past, because now he's going to Saudi Arabia to play his football. And that's probably what he wants to concentrate on, and only on, his football. But it's what he said in the past is what we're dwelling on at the moment. A lot of people are saying, get off his back, let him go. He's been a, 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 he's given a great contribution to his football club, Liverpool. Let him go, and uh, we say goodbye to him um, in all good faith. But should we really do that? 
in view of what he said in the past. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Obviously on the show when Simon's with me, we react to all sorts of news that goes on out there. Uh, we react to all sorts of interviews that go on out there, whether it's a manager, whether it's an owner, whether it's a player. And on the subject of players, yesterday... We got access to Jared Bowen, of course, the match winner in Prague when West Ham United went over there for the final of the Europa Conference League up against uh, Fiorentina. It was Jared Bowen in the 90th minute who produced that bit of magic that was a difference on the night. And that saw the Europa Conference League uh, trophy come back to the London Stadium. West Ham, European winners. It sounded good and it still does. I mentioned that to Jared as he heads into this season with West Ham. 50 days on from that winning goal. Is he back down to earth yet? I think we've come down now because now it's, you know, we've had, we've had pre-season and kind of the focus is there. So it's kind of not gone to the back of the mind, but... We've always got that memory there with us, but now it seems like you know we're on the the focus of pre-season, and you know it's not long until the Premier League starts. So I think, you know, of course everyone's still buzzing about the place, and that, like I said, that memory will always be there till you know for for lifetimes. But I think now it's kind of work time and ready for the Premier League. You'll do well to top it, but the thing is this, Jared, it's a, it's a moment that every player at the top level dreams of, isn't it? Yeah, I think any game that you dream of, you know, a last-minute winner, but in the European final, it's probably the odds are probably massive for, for it to happen. So to do it and to win the game and win the trophy, it was I, you can't put it into words because it's so rare. Two and a half weeks away from the start of the new season, as you say, you ready for it? Yeah, no, we feel, we feel good. We feel like we're in a good place. We've had two good games out in Australia. We've got two tough opposition coming up in Rennes, the French team, and Bayer Leverkusen over in Germany. So two really good tests for us before we you know, go to Bournemouth on the first game of the season. Um, each game is, you know, you say it's, it's fitness and it is to get it back in the legs, but I think you can also take a lot of confidence from each game that you, you play, whether that be scoring goals or making goals or, or winning the games. I can only breed confidence going forwards until the season starts. The thing is, some West Ham fans might feel that because Declan's gone, you you might be going into this season somewhat weaker. Do you agree with that? No, I think you you look around and you know when we first came in, there wasn't many of us, and then you know we meet up back up with the international boys that come in, and you know your numbers are going up. So I think whatever happens in kind of the transfer market will, will happen for the best interest of the club. I think. We've got a really good deal for Declan and I think it's about spending it wisely that is going to come in and help this club grow, which I think is the main thing now moving forward. I take it you wish him well, uh, apart from when you guys play Arsenal? <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've spoke to Dex and, you know, he's been, you know, it wasn't an easy decision for him, I know that. Um, but it's kind of put to bed now, you know, it's been, I think since I first signed for West Ham in that summer, it's kind of been the whole... Is deck going? Is deck not going? But to be fair to him, he handled it really well. And, you know, to captain the, the club to the first European trophy in however many years is probably the best way. And I think every, fan, every West Ham fan would agree that's the best way for, for him to go on that send-off of, of winning the trophy and, and captaining the club. And, of course, we wish him well, just not Boxing Day when we go to the Emirates and play him. Because no new signings as yet at West Ham, maybe you'd agree there's an onus on you guys who are still there to get the season going well. Yeah, I think it is, yeah, massively, because I think last season we, we didn't start the strongest. 
and you've got that first international break coming up in, in September. And I remember last year that we was kind of down at the bottom after about seven, eight games and kind of puts the pressure on you straight away and you're not even halfway through the season. I think, you know, the aim this season, as it is every season, is to start the season firing, start the season full of confidence um, and beating teams and go into that international break higher up the table that brings that momentum with it. It's another season in Europe because of what you achieved in Prague and, and this time it's the Europa League, of course, which is great. But what lessons have you learned, do you think, in terms of navigating a season domestically and in Europe because the two together bring their own problems? Yeah, no, it's, it's our third year in playing in Europe now. Um, and obviously last season, domestically in the Premier League, it wasn't our, our greatest season compared to the standards that we set for the two years before that, and we know that. But I think it's, in Europe, is, you know, we know kind of there's a different phases for each one. You have the group stage where you get your six games, you get your six games out of the way, you go into the knockout games. So it's a kind of, each one is a different process. You don't want to get too ahead of your station in terms of we're going to win the whole thing. Even though we can dream that, we don't want to get too ahead of our station. So I think every single bit is a different process. So like I said, you see who you get in the group stage first, approach those games, and then if you get through the group, then you see and you get into the into the knockouts. But you know, of, of course, it's you know difficult. We've had that, but I feel like that was our second season. Now it's our third season. We know what it to expect. We know how to manage it um, going into those late nights Thursday into the game Sundays because I feel like we've dropped a, a few games where we've you know had a good result on a Thursday night and then not backed it up on the Sunday. So I think it's important, especially because the games are so close together, to to back those two up together. You touched on it there, didn't you? It, it was a struggle domestically, and we all witnessed that for reasonable spells of last season. So, what are your expectations this time? I think we've got to get back to the standards that we've set the last two years. You know, we've had sixth place finish and a seventh place finish, coming off the back of finishing 16th, 17th after COVID. So, I think those are the standards and the directions that everyone at this club wants to go towards. So, it's a, last season, it, you know, it can it can happen. It was a bit of a, a bit of a blip. You know, we was, in, we was ultimately in a relegation battle, so it was kind of our focus was on that, pulling the club out of the relegation battle that obviously no one wanted to be in, but we had to face the rea- reality that we was in one, and we managed to get ourselves out of that. So, of course, we don't want to be in that position again. So now it's, you know, the, the players have experienced that now. They've experienced that, that feeling of not, f- not feeling and looking at all the results around you. It's not a, not a way that we want to play football. We want to play football knowing that we're going to go in and, and be confident in the game and be comfortable in the game. And I think moving forward, that's, that's the main aims. We want to be back up into that, that top seven, top six, where I feel, feel like that we can grow as a club. And we saw last season the club standing by their manager, Jared, which was great. They stood by David Moyes. Is the feeling amongst you guys that you've got to do the same for Moyes this season? Yeah, no, it was, like I said, it was not a great season in the, in the Premier League, but... I think winning that, that competition, that European competition, you saw the manager when, when my goal went in doing the Mourinho down the, down the touchline. And I think that's, on the season that we had, that was that cup, we knew we had to win it. Um, because ultimately no one will remember us finishing 14th or whatever it was in the Premier League. People will remember we won the European trophy that year. So I think what the, what the gaffer's done and how he dealt with the manager's experience, he's had a 1,000 games... Um, he knows how to deal with these situations and you know, he managed it really well. Got us out of the, obviously the, the battle of relegation that we was in and led us to a European trophy. So, like I said, in the end, it all turned out really, really well for all of us. And 
now the confidence is there. You know, we come back in pre-season, like I said, we're still talking about it, even though it's a memory that's there. It's still there as well that we can use as kind of confidence going forward into, into pre-season and into the first game of the season. Jared Bowen speaking to me just a, a short time ago. It's a good lad, Jared. Um, Speaks well. Yeah, I wonder if he'd assume the armband on a more regular basis. You never know, Alex. He's worn it in pre-season a few times. I think he has got leadership qualities, isn't he? I mean, that's a big uh, decision that David Moyes has got to make who comes in. I think that's part of the reason that he's attracted by James Ward-Prowse because, of course, he's been captaining Southampton so maybe sees that as uh, an easy switch to make. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch them with interest, although I know like some, you've got reservations about how they might do. I have. I just look at their Premier League form last season and it was pretty pitiful, to be honest, compared to their previous couple of campaigns. I know they won that European trophy, which is a, a brilliant achievement, but really they were only beating teams that sides from the Premier League should be beating. And I wonder about David Moyes. There was a lot of speculation that he could go at the end of last season, regardless of whether or not they won that Conference League. In the end, he's decided to stay to see out the final year of his contract, but it is only a year's contract, so it wouldn't be an expensive decision to dispense of his services. And we know that West Ham fans have an uneasy love, I think, for David Moyes. When things are going well, they call him the Messiah. When they're going badly, they're pretty quick to get on his back. So I think West Ham have to start the season well. They're at Bournemouth on the first day. That won't be easy. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But it's a busy time for many people. Busy time for owners, club owners, for uh, players. Of course it is, for players' families, for football agents. 
One of the top lads is with us right now, friend of this show, Michael Moses Jarman is in town and has stopped by. Michael, good to see you. Good Michael see you. Moses Jarman. Is that is that mum that's saying that's mom, the Moses bit in there? me to, you know, it is Michael Moses Jarman, but she just, when they announce your name, has to be Michael Moses Jarman. I was, yes, mum, yes, mum, okay. So <laughs> mum is that. right. Yeah, mum is right. And Luke was kind enough to pass the message on, so thank you. Good stuff. Cheers, mum. Uh, and well done, mum, if you're listening. Your boy is with us. <laughs> um, here's the thing, Michael. It, it is a busy time. You've got a stable mm. of about, what, I think 15 or 16 players. Yeah, yeah around that number. Um, how many of them will be moving? Good question. At the moment, we've completed about six deals and we've probably got another couple more to do to see if we can do before the end of the, the close of the window. Um, but things can be sprung upon you late. Someone can move. A club can then decide that they want your player. The terms are better than what they're already on. So markets can get destabilised very, very, very quickly. That being said, you always have your, your no. I try to position myself as early as possible in the window, speak to the clubs, find out where their position are on my athletes, find out what my, my athlete's position is in terms of the market, and then you make a plan from there. But the final 30 days are just absolute yeah. crazy. Yeah, athletes. 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 I like to call them athletes because they're football players of what? They touch a ball no more than... Two and a half, three minutes on a pitch? What are they doing the rest of the time? Running. So the yeah. reality of it is, is we like to well, say Well, as luck would have it, yeah. you're with two athletes this morning. My good self. Yeah. But I mean, it's a busy time for you guys, isn't yeah, yeah. it? Uh, yeah. Do you focus on this time, Michael, from way back? Oh, yeah. Uh, hundred, the, yeah. I mean, I would say and argue that conversations can start from as early as February, March time in terms of just clubs positioning to figure out where the market's at, who's available, what's it, what's it going to cost. Um, then after once the window, I'd say normally June, July time, you find that clubs are chasing target number one, target number two, target number three. And then if those can't materialise because of, like you've seen with the Conor Gallagher situation where West Ham might not pay the fee that Chelsea want for him, then all of a sudden they've got to go back to the drawing board and see who else is, is out there and available. Um, and then it just, yeah, it just perpetuates into this this absolute fiasco and chaos, chaotic moment for 30 days where it's like, right, be by your phone and consistently be picking up and speaking to clubs, technical directors, scouts, because just situations evolve so quickly. Where's the real power now when it comes to a transfer? Is the power with the, with the club? That's is the power question. with the agent? Is the power with the player? Who's the kingmaker in any deal? There's no one situation where you can sit there and say that. It, I think it's always an evolving situation. So for a player, for example, with a year left, you know, clubs like to keep... You've seen Chelsea doing it recently, by the way, their transfer business. Players are signing up for seven years. Ultimately, what you're doing, and I don't think there's release clauses in any of those contracts that have been mentioned or done. So the reality of it is Chelsea have complete and utter and complete control over your career at that point. Um, players like Kylian Mbappe with 12 months left, then the pendulum swings back into his favour. And there's this consistent power shift between clubs and players trying to figure out who's actually in control. Ultimately speaking, it's just dependent on where the deal is at, how the club value the player, how the player sees himself and what that market is doing. So there's no one set person who can control uh, the outcome of a transfer, in my humble opinion. It's all gone mad though, hasn't it? And it's gone mad because Saudi Arabia are in town. Right, okay. <laughs> I mean, these days, Michael, are you not, some of your clients, sorry, athletes, not, not, not saying to you, Michael, here's the deal, forget all that, mm -hmm. I'm not going to a championship club, get me out to Al-Etifat 
No, I've had I've had uh, a few calls for on behalf of some of our clients, athletes um, who have uh, who have had <laughs> Qatar proposed to them, uh, Saudi really? proposed to them. Yeah, I mean, okay. look for us. It's, it's for me. It's age dependent. I think a lot of my my athletes want to stay focused on building their legacy, having their career, and that conversation they feel will still be there when they're thirty, thirty one, thirty two, towards the back end. So it's definitely a conversation they're prepared to have but they want to have their career first. Now, I think you'll find 90 to 95% of the market will probably feel that way, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, fair. in some ways, it must have become the perfect contract tool for you. Why? When, when contract talks, well, in terms of negotiation. What, using Saudi right. Saudi money to... Right. Mm, the reality of it is clubs know whether a player wants to go to Saudi or not. They they know, and you've got it. There's an element of, right, okay, I get the industry is very Machiavellian by way of it's the culture, but... There can be honesty amongst thieves, and I'm not going to sit in front of a club and tell them, "Oh my, you need to bump up his money because we've got a, a, a mega payday from Saudi." They they will look at you and go, "Right, if your player wants to go to Saudi, bring the money," because clubs equally are getting paid from Saudi as well. So they'll probably look at it and go, "Go on, bring us the overinflated transfer fee." It doesn't materialize. There's no renege of contract. So mm, you've mm. got to be realistic, dependent on which player it is and how you know lucid their their market is but yeah i'm not it's not a it's for me i'm not using it as a tool to wangle out more money out of clubs not I, my style i understand uh, alex you'll have noticed that i certainly did one of michael's clients arno dan juma uh, recently just joined uh, <laughs> behave uh, yourself <laughs> everton on loan from uh, villa real everton how does this work like for everybody listening i mean i transferred deadline day for years on sky mm-hmm. and i'm speaking to owners and i'm speaking to you guys yeah uh, working your tails off, to be quite fair. But how does it work? How has Dan Juma ended up at Everton? What now? Or are you talking about the January debacle? Well, let's say now. Now, um, I would say it was left with... Look, the situation wasn't a great situation how it ended, but we kept conversations very much so afloat, knowing fully well that he would probably need another loan if it didn't materialize, if he didn't get the game time that we thought he might get at Spurs. Sure. What happened um, in January? Just to so, refresh our memories. <laughs> you sure you want to hear it? Yeah. Um, it was supposed to go to Everton. Um, they were leading the conversation right up until the point manager got sacked. And then out of nowhere, 11th hour, 59th minute. Tottenham called and usurped everything and we made a snapshot decision to change course in terms of the direction as to where he went for that period for that six months do you regret so, that you know oh, the lack of minutes at Spurs can, can I be no do you know what put that aside because you make a decision and you understand that you know Spurs were fourth they were offering, offering Champions League football we knew his game time would be reduced but it's not the minutes actually I'll tell you the one Everton Football Club is a fantastic Football club. It's easy for me to say because Dan Juma's there, right? Yes. But I'm, I'm being honestly the people behind the scenes. Oh, it's a great club. No uh, special mention. Kevin Farewell, the sporting director. Dan Purdy. Uh, there's a player liaison care officer there called Amy. Mate, they're just honestly nice, nice, nice human beings. And when we did it, when we decided to mm. make the switch, there was something within me that just didn't sit right with the fact that you knew you were letting down people that, that, that are too. actually yeah good good honest good it's, it's a tough industry to work in 
And I can honestly just look them in the eyes and go, you're great people. I'd love to have a relationship with you for the rest of, you know, for as long as I'm in, in this game. So that was probably the toughest thing for me as an agent. Yeah. But yeah, you know, as a football club, it's, the thing is with Everton, it's got, it's got the institutional feel of a Newcastle United or a, a, a Man has. United or yeah, a Chelsea. Absolutely. But the fan base is just They're brilliant. ecstatic. Is he comfortable with the reception he'll get from Evertonians? Oh, mate, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a nutcase then, Juma. He, so <laughs> he, was sitting, he, he was playing against Everton on the bench, uh, warming up in the, in the corner. Goal went in, 86th minute, I think it was Michael Keane scores, and he had 40,000. He called me up after and said, Mike, it felt like 40,000 people were screaming in my ear, hurling abuse at him. And he was like, I love it. This is really? a club. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he loved it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. he's actually looking back. Second time lucky, as he's been saying. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.